Welcome to Four Favorites, brought to you by the Quiet On Set podcast. I'm your host, Jürgen Graf, and today I'm joined by the Intercut podcast host, Zach Shevich. So, welcome, Zach. Uh, glad to have you. Yeah, glad to be back here with you, chatting movies, chatting some favorite movies. Uh, it's the right time of year to be doing this, I think. Exactly. So, Four Favorites is our, is our show where we invite a guest and we talk about, well, four of their favorites to a specific theme, genre, or subject. And this month, in the spooky month of October, uh, what better time uh, would there be to talk about some horror films and... Uh, that's exactly what we'll do. We'll uh, talk about four of your favorite horror films, but it's always very hard to make a list like this because there's always big exclusions, uh, stuff that you have to cut out to get others in. Uh, so, Zach, maybe let's kick it off with a bunch of uh, honorable mentions that didn't make it onto your final list. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, when you, you asked me to put together my four favorite horrors, like the thing about putting together any kind of favorites list is... It's not just like the things that are your favorites, but they are kind of like a representation of you and, and exactly, something. Yeah. And like, I don't know, at a certain point, I do think it'd be boring if I came back with like Jaws, which is one of my favorite yeah. movies ever. But it's also like one of the, the great movies, inarguably, in, in film mm -hmm. history. So, you know, that's a movie that I, I could have totally picked and is probably going to be like an honorable mention for me. But uh, it. I, I just thought it would be a little bit boring to discuss like, oh, yeah, Spielberg, he kind of <laughs> invented the, the creature suspense thing here. Um, yeah. There's also stuff like Get Out. Uh, I'd even throw Nope uh, from Jordan Peele on my honorable mentions films that I, I think are great and are really interesting modern horror films. But I think uh, I, I'm not like unique in my adoration for Jordan Peele's films. And there's probably people who could share a more insightful or like heartfelt response to those movies than I, I could. Um, I also considered Shaun of the Dead just as probably my favorite horror comedy, but I, I wanted to stick with more like things that actually scare me, right? Like I, mm -hmm. I could have picked something like Black Swan. That's another th thing that I is, I guess, horror adjacent that I like, but it's not, mm -hmm a film that I find unsettling. I just find it interesting and thrilling. Um, so right. I tried to stick with the things that actually kind of disturbed and upset me. I could throw out a couple other honorable mentions to films like Existence and The Fly, but we will be right. getting to Cronenberg. So <laughs> I, I don't know if I need to mention like every movie he's ever made. I mean, that's it's a great list when we get to see a bit more of your character through your list um, of mm -hmm. your personality. And uh, the the ones that I guess are the most well-known people already know. So we've had a, a bunch of glimpses into more genre and, and historic horror films uh, within the series. So I'm glad to see that continued uh, with you. And I, I feel like the first film on your list is kind of, you know, with your outfit right now. It fits really <laughs> well with the first movie that we'll talk about. Uh, Philip Kaufman's um, 1978 uh, film Invasion of the Body Snatchers that I watched for the first time this morning as well. And awesome. I, I think I think you teased that, uh, you know, uh, it is very scary. And I agree. It's yeah. it's one of the scariest films I've ever seen. It's so scary. Yeah, but it's it's also scary in a way that's not necessarily like what modern horror horror is scary as, right? Right. Like it's not it, it's not giving you these kind of like horrific images or or like jump scares or whatever. It's much more of like a psychological terror about this looming threat around you, and it, it, it's yeah. almost kind of like a spy thriller, except mm -hmm. that like. 
it's about the the presence of other beings, other types of non-humans. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, there's that thriller aspect to it of like, are they going to figure this out? Are they going to get found out? Um, are they going to be safe? But I think one of the things that I love about Invasion of the Body Snatchers is that it works in so many different ways, just even as like a social satire of the ways mm -hmm. in which people kind of just go through their routines mindlessly. It, it's very funny. The The romance aspect of it too works. And like when you do get to that ending, it, it has this added element of tragedy in that like it does give you almost this like this glimmer of hope. And then yeah. it just wipes that clean and, and makes sure that you're going to leave the movie in some sort of despair. Uh, th ultimately, I think those are the things that I find frightening or upsetting or uh, unsettling, at least, is, is sort of the more like psychological terrors of a movie like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I gotta say, your list is by far the, the scariest I've had <laughs> to deal with so far. I had to catch up with a bunch of them as well. Uh, it was very scary, and I, I didn't even know that that final shot uh, is is from that movie. Uh, yeah, because it it's like an iconic like meme or whatever. But it, yeah. like when you see it in context, it is terrifying. And like yeah. even the the more dated aspects of the movie, I think don't take away from how disturbing that feeling mm -hmm. is. I, I guess ultimately, it's it's like, are you more scared of the the mythological horrors, like the the zombie ideas, or like? Uh, mm -hmm. whatever monsters and horror uh, horror creatures you can think of, or is it the existential dread that scares you? And I think if you can uh, take one thing from my four picks, it's the existential dread, which really keeps <laughs> me up at night. It definitely is that. And I think that's that's a nice tie over to uh, the next film on your list from um, Darren Aronofsky. Uh, yes. And it's a controversial film. Um, some people swear by it. <laughs> like you, they really like it and others hate it. Yeah, uh, I liked it. I enjoyed it quite yeah. a bit. I, I thought a good concept, uh, but it's, it's, it's exactly that existential thing mm -hmm. uh, yet again, right? Yeah, and I, I guess I decided to put this one on the list because I know there are a lot of people who vehemently hate this one, and mm -hmm. I just want to like stick my flag in and the side of like this is a really good, effective movie. I'm not mm -hmm. enough of a, uh, I'm not a religious Bible person at all, so I can't tell you how it works or whether or not it works as some sort of like religious allegory, but simply as a film about the the terror of somebody sitting on your sink if you haven't yet braced it. <laughs> just just the, the idea of like her life spinning out of control and her having absolutely no control over the momentum of that happening. I just mm -hmm. found Mother to be a really visceral experience. I don't know if I've felt more physically uncomfortable during a movie than I did the first time I sat in the theater and watched that one. Cause it's like, it, it, it's just a kind of unrelenting in the punishment that they put Lawrence's character through. And I think with me, I have this sort of social anxiety where like, I really, I, it, it's, it's a big struggle for me if I can't like just give myself breaks occasionally. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just need to sit and breathe and recollect my thoughts and and recollect my energy and I feel like this is a movie that just like is a is about what it's like when you're pulled from thing to thing and can't just like take a break from it. Um, I don't know. It, I I find this one so disturbing to like my core. Uh, and there's just a few like 
moments where you feel, I think Darinovsky as a filmmaker is really able to sweep you up in the moment. I think mm -hmm. Requiem for a Dream is another one of uh, his films in which like you get that sort of like swirling chaos feeling. And there's something almost like that leaves you as a viewer helpless to the horror that you see. So yeah, I, I just, I think I was very impressed that I felt so powerless as a, as an audience member by, in this yeah. movie. And I don't know if I've ever really felt that way watching a film before. No, it reminded me very much of, of, of Shiva baby. And the first mm -hmm. experience I had with that film, just how, how inescapable the whole situation is. And I agree probably the most, uh, one of the most upsetting films, uh, things in the film is that sync moment that's repeated. <laughs> it, it is traumatizing. Yeah. Uh, she's trying it. You know what it does? It feels like a bad dream where like you're yeah. you're looking for something and you just never can find it and no one will help you and like that just frustration of like oh if only i know exactly what i need but it can't i can't get it uh it's that in movie form and maybe that sounds terrible and i understand yeah. why a lot of people don't want to experience that i just i i was so uh taken away by the fact that i could be transported that way yeah, I think it is something about, uh, I guess, starting out in a quite grounded way and then escalating it quite quickly uh, that some people might not connect with it and feel like it's it's over the top. But I think that was essentially what honed in the point right by the end of the film. It was really this inescapable experience. But yeah, that's Darren Aronofsky's film, Mother from 2017. Uh, next up, uh, in true intercut fashion, of course, there can be a list of four films with four films on it. There has to be a tie <laughs> and a fifth one mentioned. Uh, this, I guess, another film coming after this that we'll mention. But uh, between two of Cronenberg's uh, classics, Scanners and Videodrome, you couldn't decide which one should make the cut onto your list. So so why yeah. is, it, is it so hard to decide between those two what makes them so great? <sighs> I don't know. These are just like excellent, excellent Cronenberg body horror films. And it's it's hard for me to choose between the two. Um, Scanners is the one that I saw more recently, and it comes earlier in his filmography. And I think there's just a really great energy to the film in the sense that, like, I think a lot of our modern film culture is about, like, these expanded worlds and these lores and, like, knowing all the backstories and stuff like that. And... I love how Cronenberg just kind of throws you in here. Like the mm -hmm. opening scene is this apparent demonstration of uh, these sort of telekinetic abilities, but you don't even get to see the demonstration go according to plan. It starts out, uh, it, it, it ends up not going well. It ends up being the iconic like heads blasting moment. Mm -hmm. um, and, and from there, it's just like the spilling out of chaos uh, as the there's like a fight over like the future of mankind, essentially. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I think I just really appreciate how no frills and 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 energetic this uh, film felt. It was a rare experience for me in that I'm often not interested in diving deeper into a world, but it, mm -hmm. it is kind of sparing in its details in a way that leaves you asking questions and leaves you curious. And plus they've just got these like subtle elements of body horror. A lot of it sold just through looks and glances and actors that kind of like shake to give you the sense that they're trying really hard to do the telekinetic abilities. I, I think <laughs> it just like, <laughs> there's just a really cool energy to the film. I just, I just thought it was cool, man. This is like a, 
a very, very cool movie that has a lot of like moments that sort of I will I will think of in flashes and get like a, a, sh a slight chill down my spine. Um, Cronenberg is very, very good at that. I, again, like the types of things that disturb me are less like the mythological and the fanciful, but like this sort of body horror, the manipulation of the human body and like the, the, the way in which it's sort of like, you see like the veins popping and it, it just feel, you feel like your own veins. I don't know if I can have ever felt my own veins, but I definitely did watching this movie. You feel it, man. It's like a roller coaster. So I really like scanners. I, I think I enjoy that one the most, uh, but I found myself revisiting Videodrome quite a bit. His 1983 follow-up, uh, which is more of a commentary on the entertainment industry and sees James Woods's character uh as, who he plays like a TV programmer and he kind of like becomes one with technology in a way um yeah. I think Cronenberg maybe had a bit more budget going into this one I don't know I don't know that for sure but like he seems like he's experimenting a lot more with just this sort of disturbing visuals and like <laughs> taking things that are like almost comfortable and making them uncomfortable though like pulsating mm. tv is so like weird and and different and only from could come from the mind of a guy like cronenberg a lot of things that have stuck with me uh in this movie so i don't know i, I think this was the first time you watched either of them right which one stuck out to you more um I, well i did watch scanners just before we hopped on this call uh but videodrome i've seen okay um, a couple of years ago uh so it's not as present in my mind story-wise but i think both of them scanners for sure is also going to stay in my mind just because it has those timeless uh iconic shots where a lot of the stuff is used with um just effects trickery right with mm -hmm. makeup and stuff like that he he really creates these worlds that you can easily engage in and uh he just stands out and he, he gives his his actors uh a lot of room to to with their performances as well and i think it, you know that can easily go into a silly performance that you can't really buy but somehow it it, it, it in those two films uh, for me, at least, it really worked in both of them, and I was I was entranced in the worlds he created as well. So both of I think I would prefer Scanners over Videodrome as well, but maybe mm -hmm. that's just recency bias. Uh, but <laughs> they're both great yeah. movies. They're both great movies. Uh, I watched the uh, Scanners on the Criterion Channel. Um, I think the other one's not streaming anywhere, at least for me, but uh, a great pick. Uh, a lot of the films that we talk about on uh, these four favorite uh, videos are actually on the Criterion channel. So it's nice to get uh, that nice. in use. There's a lot of like classics up there and, and they look great as well, look and sound great as well. But yeah, that's that's Cronenberg. We are technically at four movies now, but uh, we'll allow <laughs> a fifth one that's Sneak appearing one more in. slowly in the mist. <laughs> With the mist from Frank Darabont, a filmmaker who hasn't made uh, a lot of movies, but uh, pretty much all of them really had uh, has have a place in um, somewhere in pop culture with mm -hmm. uh, Shawshank Redemption. Redemption, I think, still being the highest rated films on uh, highest rated film on IMDb, uh, and uh, he also got the Green Mile, and then here uh, even further into uh, the horrors, uh, we got the Stephen King short story adaptation of The Mist. Uh, and I was surprised. I haven't. I had also hadn't seen this one before. Uh, I mean, I've, I think I had it on DVD, but I hadn't watched it. And mm -hmm. I gotta say, it's surprising how 
bloody this movie is uh <laughs> how how yeah how gruesome some and a lot of like the creature stuff as well so yeah. i feel like there's a tendency that did you uh try to uh did you go towards uh like good um good vfx uh, uh not, not good at vfx i think those are maybe a bit dated but all yeah. the practical stuff yeah yeah this is definitely like the the most traditional horror pick i think on my list until you get towards the end of the film i do think yeah. it's a very effective sort of suspense uh claustrophobia movie about yeah. uh this town where this uh dangerous mist uh floats in and people who go into the mist die uh and then a bunch of people get trapped in this grocery store and i i think there's sort of like this lord of the flies kind of like who's in charge here what's the plan element that's really mm -hmm. fun i do like uh those types of stories that ultimately it's like it, it becomes about how do people act around other people are are people the real danger um but it's more than that too right like there's also <laughs> this lurking threat out there i think the way that it plays out is very fun uh the characters are very memorable there's some really uh strong smaller performances in this one i think i remember andre brower uh particularly uh standing out but I think the thing about The Mist that ultimately uh, makes it on a different level and is why I have it here happens in its last few minutes. And like that's why I wanted to put this pick towards the end to spoiler warning everybody because I think we have to talk about how The Mist ends if we're going to talk about why The Mist is so damn terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll put a spoiler warning up until we, we we're not talking about it anymore. But but certainly it has to be mentioned. It's it's quite a, a shocking ending. Uh, that moment when like the family has decided they will rather take their their fate into their own hands than deal with what's out there. Like you feel like that's sort of a sad ending, but you have no idea how sad it can get until yeah. Uh, the military rolls in and saves Thomas Jane after he's killed his whole family. Um, it, it is just, again, like talking about those existential terrors, just this idea of like thinking you're doing the right thing only to be very painfully and suddenly told that you have not, that you have, have literally dangered and killed your entire family it's yeah. it's so sadistic and so fucked up and so like i i almost don't understand how this movie was greenlit um but i but i love that it does was because it is so dark i don't know if i can think of a darker ending than this one i mean i was surprised that it actually goes through and him killing re mm -hmm. literally his son was, yeah, was so incredible yeah it's so dark and it's oh. so quick as well uh, I, I I feel like the ending is also um goes uh, like there's not a lot that happens uh, time wise. It really happens fast. Uh, mm -hmm. so it just leaves you with this this really sharp gut punch. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah hard movie to watch. Um, exactly when it comes to the ending, especially. I want my horror movies to feel like I've just been mugged. Like to to feel like somebody saw me on the street and be beat me up I, I want to be yeah. devastated physically and emotionally <laughs> at the end of a horror movie and uh the mist certainly goes for it uh and i i haven't been able to shake it you know it's it, it's i don't know it's solid it's very solid it's be it's also honestly better than i remembered it when i revisited it because i think that element of like 
the the deliberating over what to do and the panic over like there are no good options is is well done but yeah mm-hmm. man that ending is a that's an all-timer yeah i think it's also mysterious enough that the mist is is causing a bunch of stuff uh maybe mm-hmm. accelerate the human component that gets kind of out of yeah. hand as well and and that aspect i think works quite well overall in the film and i i always wrote this one off as this uh I guess limited space, a horror film that mm-hmm. has a bunch of people in a supermarket because the trailers were kind of cheesy, how I remembered them. But I, I, like when I saw them like ten years ago, maybe I'm glad that I now um, got to watch this one because it's certainly uh, worth uh, being on your list for sure. Crazy that this is the last film that Frank Darabont has directed. He did the the pilot for The Walking Dead and spent yeah. many years in a lawsuit trying to get more money for The Walking Dead. And and mm-hmm. then he's done like this show called Mob City, but like this is like an all timer director, and he's kind of just chilling. It seems like fifteen years is crazy long. Although there's, there's quite a big time span between all of his films, but but not that much. But maybe maybe we'll get another one out of him with uh, <laughs> half of the cast of The Walking Dead again. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he he seems happy sitting on that Walking Dead money. I think that's it for uh, your four favorites uh, for. Uh, those of you uh, watching, uh, don't forget to let us know what your uh, four favorite horror films are in the comments uh, below. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Zach, where can people find more from you? Uh, you can follow me on social medias at Zshevitz, Z-S-H-E-V-I-C-H, or uh, check out Intercut, Intercut Pod on socials and on YouTube as well. We'll, uh, we'll have some spooky season recommendations coming shortly too and of course the must watch of the weekend must yes uh, weekend must watch streams every monday so uh yes whatever weekly recommendations you need we got them i'm always there to uh catch up with what i should be watching (laughs) (laughs) yeah we appreciate that (laughs) but yeah uh thanks so much for joining us and uh we'll see you soon